What's going on everybody? This is Malik Prince from Team Xbox and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 142 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, August 6th, 2022. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we're joined by content creator Mr. Boomstick XL to discuss a number of topics, including an Xbox first-party check-in, the Activision acquisition bringing statements from both Sony and Microsoft, and Xbox is now soft-launching a Game Pass family plan. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I am wont to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, the words of kindness are extended to my compatriot, my guest this week to chat all things Xbox, Mr. Boomstick XL. He is, of course, host of the Xbox Factor podcast, Breakfast with Boom, and probably 13 different other shows over (laughs) on his YouTube channel. He's an absolute machine producing content for people uh, all around the block. When COVID first hit, I had all the time in the world. I was sitting at home, and through the course of that summer, I got to join him for the Xbox Factor podcast, introducing me to a lot of my YouTube audience. So hello to any of you that are returning uh, or whatnot, but I thought it only prudent to have Mr. Boomstick XL join me here in this closing of my summer to chat about all things Xbox. Boom, welcome to the show. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me, Luke. Uh, Yes, that's right. You were a part of the Xbox Factor podcast in the the early days, and it was great. Again, it was a perfect storm. Uh, COVID happened. Everyone's sheltering in place. I started a new podcast, and you happen to be an Xbox guy. So it winds up working out pretty good. Uh, I'm honored to be a part of today's show. There is a ton of things to cover. Absolutely. Absolutely, there is. I am excited because... What we have to cover today kind of kind of runs a gauntlet uh, of what it is that's important, uh, ranging from you know down to the first party stuff. Where we're going to be checking in, looking at just what's going on with the first party releases of 2022. We've had a lot of content drop in first party in the last month and a half, but none of it's uh, in the form of new games. Then we go to the soft launch of, of Game Pass family plans going up, happening overseas. That's pretty cool. And then we've got some interesting back and forth business speak from Sony and Microsoft surrounding the Activision uh, deal. So we get to run the gauntlet. Boom. Let's check in with our first parties, though. We have uh, Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon 5, and Sea of Thieves all dropping content within a month of each other uh, in an interesting way. And I want to start first with Halo Infinite because there's so much surrounding Halo Infinite in terms of uh, discourse, whether the game is right, ready, that kind of thing. Uh, We know the game launched well, had a number of people playing it. The HCS blew up in terms of the competitive series. The campaign was very well received, but nobody in their right mind could argue that it was feature complete. Even Joseph Staten states that it's not feature complete. Uh, And that's not the discourse I want to get into, but I do appreciate that we have flighted a co-op feature, and that has run its course. People have tested out campaign co-op. And they are doing monthly drop pods with the next drop pod quality of life updates for anyone that's unfamiliar 
dropping on August 9th. And this mm. one brings a number of things into it. I have mixed feelings about the drop pod approach, but what I do appreciate, Boom, is that we have reliable every month quality of life fixes that they are able to detail in patch notes, and these are existing separate from, say, expansions. What's your take on this? Well, listen, I'm a, I'm a Halo stan. Uh, I have to say that I gave uh, Halo Infinite a 10 out of 10. I stand wow. by that. Uh, I stand by that review. I think that uh, as someone that was very, very fortunate enough to see the birth of Halo, who actually still has a clear green Master Chief OG Xbox in storage with the matching controller, to say I'm a Halo fan would be a bit of an understatement. Uh, I have already expressed my uh, unbelievable distaste for how Halo 5 was handled. Uh, so, of course, I uh, was on pins and needles uh, with the launch of Halo Infinite because, well, there's been a lot of drama at 343 Industries. There's been a lot of movement of talent, uh, especially in the big position area. So we didn't know what we were going to get. And uh, as someone that has already donned Halo 3 as my favorite of all time, whether that be just Halo in general or multiplayer, that has now been replaced by Halo Infinite multiplayer. Uh, I have recently... Uh, not only knocked out uh, season uh, two, I had gotten up to level 52 in season one. I had done, and now I'm completely done. Uh, I've, I've, I've maxed out both seasons. I've spent a lot of money. I spent about 80 bucks between mm -hmm. both uh, seasons, and I, I'm okay with that. I, I, I quite enjoyed what I got for my money. Mm -hmm. uh, and reeling it back in, Luke, uh, to the drop pods. Uh, well, here's the thing. Um, I think that it's a very sound approach. Mm -hmm. uh, and I say that as someone that has been critical of 343 regarding the content, because if there's anything that is the highlight of complaint, it is the it's content based. Right. I mean, the gameplay uh, loop for multiplayer is nothing short of fantastic. The the uh, single player was legendary. I, I, I had such a great time. Co-op is coming. I'm probably going to run through it on legendary with a group of people. Uh, hopefully it's you, Joe, and maybe somebody else we can get down with it. But I think that when you look at how much trouble the studio has had putting the content out there, these drop pods aren't actually a pretty good idea because if we can consistently get them once per month, it allows the team not to be overwhelmed and be laser focused on what they're working on to deliver for said month. And then once that has been delivered, they move on to the next set and they could they could put a, a proper amount of fixes that doesn't overwhelm the development team. I think it's fantastic. I think it is the best situation from a bad situation. That's a great that the point. Game, the, the fact that the game launched in the state it did is a miracle. Um, yeah. I absolutely adore Halo Infinite in so many ways, but I, I am it's long in the tooth in terms of a live service game needing content, right? And they, they, that's an open statement by them and an acknowledgement by them. And one of the things that I appreciate about Joseph Staten's leadership is that he states, we're not going to sprint because we're running a marathon and we don't want to burn out. We need to mm -hmm. prep for the long haul. So I appreciate the investment in that, particularly given that prior to Halo Infinite, there, was a, there were a lot of questions surrounding Halo's future. One of the things about August 9th's drop pod that is, I think, very telling is they're doing cross-core visor customization, kind of a prelude to getting cross-core customization, which for any casual fan, simply put, when you unlock different things for your Spartan, they are locked behind certain 
skin sets, uh, cores they call them, in Halo Infinite. So if you unlock a special visor, it may not work on all of your armor types. And the ability to cross-customize is an important one that the, the community has been requesting because it's been featured in other Halo games. So I like that this is coming. This is a show of good faith in many ways. I also, to your point about drop pods, I like that it's a monthly thing. And I like that it's uh, attainable within a certain time frame and they're able to detail it. One of the things I think, Boom, that we often see in the gaming industry, particularly with live service games from the successful to the unsuccessful, is the need for a roadmap. And many times, COVID or otherwise, roadmaps don't get delivered upon and then the community gets disappointed. And that's a really frustrating thing because game development is so fluid. So many things change that roadmaps aren't really viable. It doesn't really make sense. We knew all of Back for Blood's coming content for a year. Who's still talking about that? The ability to be nimble and adapt on a smaller scale, I think, is better. And so I have come to the conclusion of late that I no longer want a roadmap. I want short-term uh, goals. Uh, maybe long-term hope, maybe we get it, but I don't really want true roadmaps for for a year, two years out anymore because simply put, I don't see them consistently delivered upon. Does that logic make sense? It absolutely does make sense. I, I, I like what you're putting down and I think that you're, you know, you're, you as, as a diehard Halo fan, um, you have put together a great point of view and, and, and I, would, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, good to hear. Good to hear because... I, I like the consistent rhetoric of, hey, we're not going to burn out our developers. I hope that continues to bleed into the rest of Microsoft Studios, which it seems like it is, particularly given the lack of first-party releases in 2022. And I hope that they're able to carry that as they acquire Activision and, and bring that good that good vibe mentality to the rest of their their studios. My fear is that it won't happen and that won't be the case. And then the, the caveat is, well... Do you need to crunch a bit to get a game out because you're still a business? I'm curious to see how how the new method of of marathon running versus sprinting attracts talent. Uh, on paper, it looks like it's going to be a good thing. We're going to be disappointed for for the short term, excited in the long term. I think that changes when Redfield and Star Redfall and Starfield drop. Uh, but proof is always in the pudding, and too often the Xbox community has had to unfortunately say, "Well, next year when this happens," kind of thing. But I remind everybody that we, less than a year ago, got Halo Infinite, we got Forza Horizon 5, and we're seeing consistent updates to those games as well, uh, which takes me to to a question about updates from Court Lalonde surrounding Halo Infinite, and it pertains to the consistent leaks of Forge mode. Now, boom, anyone with a Twitter account is seeing this uh, at, at this point. Forge mode is looking great, and... Court Lalonde's question is, when do you think we'll get to test Forge beta and are you excited for it? I don't know what you've seen, but I can tell you based on what I've seen, this is what was being envisioned when they were looking at Halo Infinite because right now I think we've got a really good Xbox One game and it looks to me like Forge is the era of Xbox Series X and S for Halo. Well, I'll say this. I'm not a Forge designer. Uh, I have dabbled uh, mm -hmm. I'm not, I, it's just not my bag, but I'm going to tell you this, Luke, I have seen some of the stuff and I have to tell you that once this thing launches based on what we've seen so far, I think that 
Halo Infinite is going to be brought up to the upper echelon where it belongs in the voices and thoughts and minds of the of the gaming community. Um, I have seen Star Wars levels, uh, something that appeared to look like a Star Wars level. I saw a Last of Us 2 level. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw uh, older levels with new, with new weapons uh, and, and vehicles the size of Godzilla. Um, I think that, you know, Did you see the they, PT one, they remade PT. They made yes, the PT one was, it looked like the original PT from the PlayStation. Like that mm-hmm. is how incredible this, I don't, again, I sit back in my chair because again, I, I'm a, I'm a tech guy, but I'm not a technical guy. So yeah. when I see these things, I am, I'm marveled by them like I, I can't believe what I'm seeing that someone would have the forethought the skill or even the know-how to make this in, in in forge and the fact of the matter that this is just leaked footage this isn't an official launch this is probably just from insiders like if you if you're familiar with the Xbox era John one of the lead voices there he is a forge professional like mm-hmm. he does this he's one of the first people to get the forge. Uh, to, to to be able to you know mess around with it because he he has ridiculous talent, and to to think, uh, Luke, that you know one of the things that's interesting about the mod community when you look at stuff like um, Fallout seventy six, right, mm-hmm. uh, or Fallout New Vegas, they made a Fallout New uh, a, a, a sequel DLC that was done by the community, the community at large that isn't a you know a straight up developer has so much untapped talent. I honestly am so excited for this, dude. I can't begin to tell you. I am excited because I am not interested in actually creating anything in Forge. Me, that's not what I want to do. I don't enjoy that. Um, I'll probably do whatever little mini thing for an achievement. If they, I'm thinking about like Doom Eternal or maybe it was the original. It was Doom, standard Doom, where they create levels. Yeah, I I made like a box and I got the achievement. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like that's what I'm going to do. But when I see the creativity of the community, that that is healthy and, and, and people get to work within that. But I think what it really does is it showcases just what they're trying to do with the Slipstream engine. Mm. Uh, really good conversation on Cast Co-op a few weeks ago with Ainsley Bowden and Joseph Moran. Ugh. Um, <laughs> the, we were talking about how the Slipspace engine is largely unproven. Uh, you don't see it. You haven't seen really much of it. I, and, I, and I stand by the fact that I think that... Uh, you're getting a really good Xbox One game if you play through the campaign of Halo Infinite. I love Halo Infinite, but you don't get to showcase the power of the Xbox Series S and X just yet. And when I'm seeing in these clips of Forge mode are physics that are just out there, incredible. I'm seeing color palettes that are incredible. And when Forge does come to launch, I think what you're also going to see is developers working with the Slipspace engine in a way that brings expansions to the game proper that's what i'm excited about it for you know and so like when i look at court's question of when does this come probably by the end of the year uh probably if i had to guess in november because you want to have some anniversary level update and whatnot but they're they want to probably drop this at the same time they bring in campaign co-op proper and that way uh with, with that they can bring eyes back to halo and show what's changed and season three drops you get halo infinite co-op you get halo infinite forge you bring people in once again and you do that to kind of close out your 2022 uh headed of 2023 so my thought is that november would be a good fit for this uh i don't have any 
firsthand knowledge of this apart from rumor. So that's my guesstimate. What say you about timelines here? You know, I think you're on to something. Um, obviously, we still don't have proper co-op released, right? right. Um, so I think what they're doing is, you know, they're still, you know, there's still four and a half months left of the year. Plenty, plenty of time. Um, I, I feel like you, I, I think a December drop because they've been testing this for quite some time. Like they have been doing this for well over a month, maybe even a little bit longer um, from what I from what I gather. So I, I listen at this point, it was delayed, Luke, right? Uh, both both co-op and Forge were delayed. And it is what it is at this point. I, I say, take all the time you need. Get it out there because you you know the, 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 the you know the old adage comes to you can't you you know you can't make a second impression or mm -hmm. a, or a good first impression again if you mess up the first one. Well, I mean, I, I would rather wait, let people because uh, one of the things they could do, Luke, and this is pretty interesting. Um, rather than waiting for this to launch officially and and, and let people design, whoever is already working on this who has made levels like the PT level and made sure. levels like the last of us two. Um, those should be used as preloads. So when we get into forge, cause you and I, we're not designers. We've already expressed that. Right. I just want to, I just want to run ham on one of these boards to be amazed by the talent. Right. Maybe they turn around and say, okay, we're going to take the best top 10, you know, mm. designs. Gotcha. Um, and we're going to put them out there and they're going to be preloaded. So when this thing officially launches, we can go crazy on these levels. But what do you think about that? I think it's a smart idea. You have some community preloaded levels. You generate interest in what pe other people are making, perhaps model it in a similar way to what Forza Horizon does with its liveries, uh, kind of showcasing like, all right, you got this car. These are some of the very popular liveries that come with it. Mm. Maybe something similar there. Um, again, I don't think, the majority of, of casual gamers are going to get into the creation of, of levels. So it's important to give them a reason to go to Forge. Custom games is huge in the Halo community, particularly in the MCC. So I think having a, a preload set and a community spotlight, that kind of thing, will be important. But it needs to be noted that they're already kind of kind of spread thin when it comes to community engagement. You got Unishek out there, Brian Jared doing stuff. But they're going to need someone specially dedicated to kind of the forge elements of this, if indeed they're going to to go with it. But I like the idea, you know. Yeah. All right. So let's transition over to Forza Horizon 5, which I did mention. They launched the Hot Wheels expansion over on July 19th. Of course, that was a massive expansion with new areas, progression styles. To me, and in my mind, it remains the best AAA experience from Xbox in this Series S and X era. Mind you, not a lot of crowd in, in that. Um, what I liked about this in so many ways is it brought this game back to the forefront of people's minds. But what scares me is that despite new biomes, tracks, new cars, story levels, uh, I don't hear a lot about Forza Horizon 5 at the moment. I was frustrated with the lack of promotion for Forza Horizon, and, and yeah. they chose instead to focus on As Dusk Falls, which um, I wasn't a fan of. I know it has some mixed reviews. A lot of people liked it and, and, what, and whatnot, but they send, tended to focus on that in their marketing, and no one's talking about As Dusk Falls two weeks later. And what's so frustrating about it is they had this huge AAA experience that they could have, I think, done a better job of spotlighting and highlighting. 
And much like when the game launched, they destroyed their own marketing by having Halo so close to it. No one's really talking about this Hot Wheels update oh, two, three weeks later. And to me, it was incredible. And yeah. I worry about it. Well, I'll say this. Uh, obviously, what this highlights, uh, and it's an ongoing problem. Uh, again, I, I'm not one to pile on the rabbit, so to speak. Um, but this is an issue, Luke. Uh, this is an issue that can, you know, it's, it's a thorn in the side of Microsoft. There, there, are, there are aspects of Microsoft that, as fans, I sit back in my chair and I love what they're doing. And there are other aspects that I sit back in my chair and I'm frustrated as, as heck. Um, and the marketing or the lack of their marketing for certain things is it just blows my mind. It, it really does make me wonder what is actually happening. And you're right. Forza Horizon 5's first DLC in the form of, of the Hot Wheels, uh, well, the return of Hot Wheels, is a modern-day masterpiece. Like, this, this, this thing is, we know, is a 10 times, I mean, it's so much bigger than the original. It has different biomes that offer, uh, you know, snow in one area and lush jungles in the other. Uh, one of the complaints that I have heard that I have not found yet, because like I said, I, I I'm, you know, haven't really uh, put more than about six or seven hours into it is the, um, the class system. Mm-hmm. Like I kiss, I like, I have a ton of vehicles unlocked. And the thing that I, that I would say that I don't like about it is having not to have to unlock all of these different classes in order to pl- use some of these vehicles. That's my only complaint. Other than that, I think it is a it is a masterpiece. And you're right. I haven't seen much marketing on this, and I don't understand why. Um, because it is, you know, first of all, it it didn't drop into Game Pass for free. It's a twenty dollar expansion. I a lot of people had a problem with that, folks. I got to tell you, I understand that money is tight for everyone. But at for the the twenty dollar ask for this is worth its weight in gold. The content that you're getting for this twenty bucks is staggering. Yeah, um, I, I think it'd be silly to expect that level of expansion for free. I, 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 I agree. Yeah, I absolutely I, agree. But I, I I'm right there with you. I, I I did not see much advertising. You know? Do you know where I saw the advertising? Where's From that? guys like us. Yeah. Putting out videos, using it as a you know as a background gameplay as we do a, a podcast or you know talking about it using it as, as as a topic of discussion on one of our shows uh and even though that's great and you know obviously it's free advertising for microsoft this game or the expansion i should say should have been a lot uh, uh, uh there should have been more press to it yep no i fully agree i really thought it was a mistake to spotlight as dusk falls in lieu of Forza Horizon. Which, can I can I make mention of that? Because yeah, I was very fortunate that Microsoft PR uh, uh, gifted me the ability to uh, to play it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, shout out to Microsoft PR for doing so. Though I am in your boat. Uh, I am maybe four hours into it. Mm-hmm. And I I just... I, 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 know, I know that it's telling a really hard story, a lot of really difficult decisions. Some of the things I had to choose, I was a little, I was, I, I, I gasped. Um, but I, I find it hard to, to go back to it, Luke. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, if, it, if it's just a presentation 
or because I'm a Telltale's guy. I I, I yeah. love The Walking Dead. I I loved uh, the Borderlands one. I love the Batman one. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy that they did was fantastic. This I I just I'm with you. I I just it's just not my favorite. Same, and that was my problem because like you you know got it early, played a bit, couldn't be bothered to finish. Because I also love Telltale games, but those the games that you mentioned, particularly Borderlands and Batman, uh, and even Walking Dead, they have a fantastical element to them that separates you from reality. Yes. As Dusk Falls was too real for my escapism, and I was just out. And yeah. for it has some incredible features. I love the playing with a controller, the ability to have voting for a decision, that kind of stuff. That is so cool. And should be more widely known like it that game is very good it is not for me in any way and like that is a dream interview of mine if i could sit down and talk to them about their design elements and why they were creating it but i didn't enjoy the game and i was really disappointed to see so much marketing there and what felt like in lieu of a triple a experience that the xbox largely needed um they could have done both and separated them by two weeks you know and and so i was a bit frustrated there uh but but i want to go to one more piece of, of marketing from xbox first party before we move on and that was season seven of sea of thieves that dropped this past week a lot of community updates a lot of things that are long requested including being able to captain your ship i'm an avid player of sea of thieves i think i'm at 800 plus hours at this point i wow. play often um what i liked about this update is that it, it nerfed griefers so that if people who are not common players of the game uh and are just jump, jumping in it nerfed some of the abilities for people to come in and just ruin your day uh, yeah. that still exists it's still a pirate game and what's so surprising to me boom is that you know from what we got in 2018 when it released to what it is now this is one of xbox's most most consistent and successful ips and i sure didn't see that coming you know it's interesting um you know if you take a step back you know, I know that the Xbox uh, community, uh, well, the 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 uh, the community has a distaste for Xbox. They constantly say that it's only ha- uh, Halo, Forza, and Gears. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to tell you uh, that is that 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 trait that is used as uh, as a focal point for any conversation when you want to, you know, trash Xbox or something. Is really have been laid to rest by games like Grounded and specifically Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are two games that have consistent millions and millions and millions of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, for me, I'm not a Sea of Thieves guy. I'm a rare fan, and I absolutely applaud what they have done. Uh, I did get into the uh, a Pirate's Life DLC where because it was single player. With yeah. uh, with Jack Sparrow, which I thought was phenomenal. That was a lot. Of fun. Um, I, I I want to see more collabs like that. I would love to see maybe you know a Little Mermaid. Some, uh, one would be great. Uh, you know, there, there's so many other. Uh, you know, I'd like to see maybe uh, a hook. Yeah. Kind uh, of you know, uh, combinate. You know, like a, a collab there. That would be pretty cool. Um, I have not had a chance to play the new season of CFDs because, again, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I, I don't yeah. normally play it. That's not but, for you. It's not for you. Yeah. It, yeah. Honestly, like I said, I have to applaud Rare uh, for continuing to push the envelope on a game that launched very similar, Luke, 
to what's going on with uh, Halo Infinite. Their content w- was, you know, a, a little lacking, and they have delivered year after year, not giving up. So that's why um, when we look back, and uh, not to reiterate on Halo, that's why I really don't have any concern because I have a feeling that uh, a game like, uh, you know, a game like Halo Infinite that is currently lacking but has the, the core mechanics that are so good, once the content comes out, it is going to see a rebirth with players and fans the same way Sea of Thieves did. Right. Yep, I think you're absolutely right. But I appreciate the ongoing support. I think you're, you're correct in offering the comparison there. Uh, my hope, though, is that we don't see games launch the way that Infinite and Sea of Thieves did that are so feature incomplete yeah and you know with starfield on the horizon with redfall on the horizon granted that's bethesda but now part of xbox umbrella i think those games are going to launch big and then three years later we won't recognize them because they'll have grown into something new which is good i want that but i hope it doesn't launch in a state where we're having to say oh it's incomplete um but again to see that xbox's first party is continuing to be supported in 2022 awesome to see that it's only expansions and not new games frustrating uh but to our point we talked about very briefly before recording you know this is the effect of covid this is the effect of game development this is the effect of uh trying to mold a new culture uh but proof will be in the pudding when we see these new xbox game studios drop in 2023 that will be what we believe to be the beginning of that that full cadence of releases i'm excited by that i'm hopeful by that uh but i'm ready for i'm ready for the new games and uh, that kind of takes us into a different topic, boom, of, of Activision Blizzard, the ongoing acquisition stuff, which is expected to finalize in June of 2023. Uh, it's an ongoing thing, and a lot of companies have to vet it, go through the process that is not atypical, that is very normal of big mergers. Uh, but some countries have laws that make those proceedings public. They make things aware and available for everyone. And in that, we saw news coming out of Brazil where they were – showcasing the sony sony uh frustrations with the deal microsoft's kind of combatants to that all the standard business things but in short sony was suggesting to the brazilian commissions that activision being acquired by xbox was anti-consumer that it was anti-competitive uh and xbox had to respond by saying hey activision games aren't must play now what's so interesting about this boom i'm not sure if you saw it in the notes Sony voiced their concerns that they didn't think any franchise could compete with Call of Duty. Yeah. And they did so in Portuguese and were getting this information from a reset era user who claims to be an IT lawyer and he translated this stuff for us. So there's got to be, has to be a bit of an asterisk next to all of this that there could be translation concerns uh, here and there. But it does make sense that that Activision and Sony, Sony's... worry about activision would be like hey nobody else can compete with call of duty and in many ways they're right the xbox 360 was partnered with with call of duty xbox 360 won that generation uh in mindshare Uh, playstation 4 was partnered with call of duty playstation 4 won that generation with mindshare sony has their own deals to lock down content you can look at destiny now now acquiring bungie uh you can look at final fantasy properties we still don't have final fantasy 7 on the xbox community uh it feels a little hypocritical and then you think oh it's just business sense because xbox makes these deals too 
Uh, I got a kick out of all of the rhetoric surrounding this because it felt to me like just companies having business arguments. And uh, I just got a chuckle out of it. But it makes sense that they would say these things, both of them. You know, look, here's the thing. What we are witnessing, and I don't think people have, uh, you know, if you're, if you're not a content creator uh, and you are, uh, maybe you don't read as much as like we do, right? The, but if you are a diehard gamer and you take a step back, and I, and, and I, and I like to use this analogy, and this, I got to give credit to Steel Rain of Living Split Screen with Pong. So Shout out to them. they like to take an RTS view of the, uh, of the field, kind of step back and mm-hmm. look at the big playing field in front of them. Um, what we have happening in front of us is going to be stuff that we're going to be talking about for not the f- couple of weeks, not a couple of months, a couple of years, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, this Activision Blizzard deal, besides it being the biggest deal in gaming history, besides it being the biggest purchase in Microsoft history, there is something there is something happening in front of us that is going to change the industry, and it's going to really, really push Microsoft potentially into the number one spot. Now, when we talk about the ABK deal or the Activision Blizzard King deal, you can attack it from multiple angles. You know, you can say, well, the Activision one is the most important aspect because Call of Duty. Or you can turn around and say, well, no, actually the Blizzard aspect is more important because of Diablo and World of Warcraft. Or, you know, if you are a mobile person, you could turn around and say, well, King, well, I mean... Candy Crush and and everything else they do over there, that's the biggest aspect. Sure. The fact that this three-headed dragon exists and that Microsoft is going to own it potentially by the end of the year, these comments from Sony, they don't surprise me at all. Now, I know there's been a lot of talk in the community regarding, you know, is Sony scared? And I think that that has been, you know, elevated to a level of of, of silliness. Yeah, scared uh, is a silly term. Like it, it absolutely still- is. I I can say, guys, I'm not a businessman. I don't have a business degree, but I can tell you that they are certainly watching this with a keen eye. Sure, they're certainly concerned. I think that there is definitely some room for uh, them to sit back in their chair and be like, you know. We, you know, in this, these, these, uh, these leaked documents, uh, Sony has confirmed that Call of Duty's, uh, uh, the, the most money they make yearly is from Call of Duty. Yeah. And if that was removed, they would be in big trouble. Uh, and, 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 and I, obviously that makes sense because Call of Duty is littered with microtransactions. And if you look at the, uh, the uh, financial statistics every year, game sales and console sales pale in comparisons. It's true. And I want to add a caveat real quick, though, just to, to support the argument. The The important thing to remember and what Boom is saying is that Sony does generate the most most of their money from Call of Duty. Not most mm-hmm. of their money. A, a huge fraction and more than any other like individual game. But Microsoft has already pledged that any currently in development uh, ABK games are going to still remain multi-platform. Call of Duty will still come to PlayStation, yes. as will... Uh, you know, Warzone 2 and Diablo 4, et cetera. Mind you, the deal's not done, but they've already got a track record of supporting things that are multi-platform, Minecraft mm-hmm. being an easy example, well. And 
for my money boom i think call of duty will stay multi-platform or it should stay multi-platform it's a matter of marketing and like brand recognition right i think that's going to be the way that that microsoft plays it so it makes sense that sony would be nervous sony also commands the best first party single player third third person games better than anybody right they've got a better first party ip uh they've got a better track record of releasing those games uh, a better cadence of releasing those games and scared is a silly rhetoric but watching from a business sense sure absolutely they'd be dumb not to they'd be foolish not to uh as microsoft watches other things like microsoft views its competitors to be valve to be uh amazon to be google like those kind of things it's just business yeah, it, it, in fact, it is just business. And the reality uh, of what we're, like I said, we, we, we're going to be talking about something on the back end of, of the show that is uh, that I, I don't want to get into. But I'm going to say this. Uh, I have uh, paragraph 285 uh, of the leaked translated documents in front of me and uh, a, an excerpt from paragraph 205 that I want to read for the audience. Read I think it. that yeah. it's, it's incredibly it. relevant to the conversation. And these yeah. are responses uh, from Microsoft. And uh, this is paragraph 285. It says, Sony and Nintendo have a strong and differentiated offerings, including their own exclusive titles. For example, IDC uh, has identified the key, uh, that key Sony exclusive titles from in 2018 that include God of War and Marvel Spider-Man, in addition to other prominent titles such as The Last of Us and Uncharted. These titles partly reflect Sony's vertical integration. For example, Sony's film studio owns the rights to Spider-Man, but also it's a broader strategy of obtaining rights to make third-party games exclusive to its console. And this uh, this next excerpt is from paragraph 205, and uh, according to the translation, it says that they mentioned Final Fantasy VII as an exclusive from Sony, and surprisingly, the remainder of Microsoft's uh, 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 comment on Final Fantasy, VII, Final Fantasy VII not coming to the Xbox as it was originally uh, promised to has been redacted. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that this is a, th- this was a fine counterpunch for Sony's concern. And I think I agree with you, Luke, Microsoft has already said uh, the day after this was announced, Phil Spencer himself came out on the socials and uh, let everyone know that the, he's had some calls, some really good conversations with Sony mm-hmm. and that, uh, that, that he expressed call of duty will remain on the PlayStation, that it's not going to be an Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, this 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 deal, uh, like I said, from 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 a from a small lens, may just seem like oh, well, it's just the biggest, you know, just it's just another video game deal. But again, when you take a step back and you look, Luke, at the ramifications of the Call of Duty franchise now becoming first party, it is. It's staggering to think about, but I think really where we get into the nuts and bolts of this machine is once the Sony's uh, marketing rights that they currently have, and I believe that is going all the way through 2025, I think it might be 2024. I'm not sure. Please be, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something to be said about if Microsoft is able, Luke, to get the Xbox Series S to 200 bucks at oh, some yeah. point and then slap the, 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 the graphics of the next Call of Duty on said box, what, we, what, would we, what we would have in front of us 
is something very similar to happen to Sony a couple of years ago. If you remember, they had sold uh, the uh, PlayStation 4 Slim Spider-Man edition with Spider-Man 2018 for 200 bucks, and it broke records on Black Friday that still stand today. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think getting that price point down is huge to gaining the install base. That was the whole point of the Xbox Series S was to get that price point down. I would imagine that that's always been the plan is to get it down to 200. I'm curious to know if the chip shortages will factor into it. Mind you, Meta or Facebook or Oculus, whatever it is, is raising the price of their unit by a hundred dollars, yes, hundred bucks due to demand, due to chip shortages, due to, to finances, due to inflation. All of those things are a factor, but the simple fact is, if they can, you can get a console that is uh, budget available and has access to a number of games, Call of Duty included. Then yeah, you've got a system seller. They've got the. I mean, look at the Fortnite bundles for the Series S. That's going. I bought there. one, Luke. I bought You're... one for my nephew. It was his first Xbox ever. It trust me, I was crying when I was giving it to him because it's 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 such a. It, I I don't have children, so he is the closest thing to a son. And Tyler's eyes opened wide and he had his first Xbox and I was a part of that. And I got that exactly what you're talking about. And I already have one. I have actually three Xboxes, to be honest. Yeah, I have I have two. I I have an X and an S. And then, of course, I have the old ones for posterity's sake. But I have an X and S and it's it's exciting. It's good to have. I have a Fortnite bundle uh, for mine for the Series S. It was a Fortnite bundle. And it's just important to think consistently that you've got people that can enter your ecosystem when you add call of duty to it and you put it on a box when the time comes yeah you're that is a system seller mm-hmm. that is what that is in the same way that, that microsoft puts master chief on a box that kratos ends up or spider-man ends up on a, a playstation box you want that and you want that recognition um I appreciate the point you're bringing up about Sony, you know, doing different things with Final Fantasy. We don't know what those are. It's interesting that they're redacted. There, of course, is a lot of speculation that Square Enix will be picked up uh, by Sony. I think they're a yeah. good fit, honestly. Now that Crystal Dynamics is is no longer part of Square Enix, Square Enix never knew how to market or handle Western uh, audiences and and studios. Sony's a good fit for them. Truth be told. Uh, but I don't like the will they, won't they attitude and the not knowing aspect of it. And so uh, much of this to be noted, boom. Also, we wouldn't know if Brazil didn't have specific laws. I don't think any of this actually encumbers the Activision Blizzard deal. Uh, I'm not stressing it. It's interesting stuff. But to me, it all sounds like company A combating company B trying to get the best for their for their money making fan base. And I'm OK with that. The fact that we have competitive Xbox, competitive Sony, competitive uh, Luna and anything else is important and it's good for us. So I'm, I'm there for it. I enjoy it, but I don't get into the, they're scared. They're angry. That kind of thing. It's, <laughs> it doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I agree. I, I think concerned is the word of the day. Uh, and they have every right to be, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's a fair point. Yep. They, it, they have every right to be concerned, but scared. No, nah, that's just fun thumbnail stuff. <laughs> you know so all right my friend let's move into our last you know official topic before we get to listener mail we got about 10 minutes before we can wrap up so very quickly uh xbox is soft launching a game pass family plan they are testing this over in mar- uh, different markets overseas including colombia and ireland uh, essentially what they're doing is figuring out 
how to activate a Game Pass family plan so that through one single subscription, you can have five or so different accounts. This uh, equated to about 22, 22 euros, I should say, uh, over in Europe. That kind of roughly equates to $25 US. Mm-hmm. Basically, 25 bucks a month, you would get to have up to five accounts operating off a single Game Pass uh, element. To me, this is a natural extension of what you would want. I can't speak to a lot of experience because it's just me and my household. Uh, so I don't want to speak for anyone else, but this is a good thing in my mind. You want families to have access to it. If I know a lot of our content creating friends have sons and daughters and brothers and sisters and whatnot where they also game. And so getting that under one subscription bubble is a good thing. I don't think you should have to have three Game Pass subscriptions within one household to all play Forza Horizon or Halo Infinite together. I think it's a good thing. It's cool. Well, uh, again, uh, I know we, we only have a few minutes, but I, I do want to stress that this, what you're seeing here, this is this is the big picture that I was talking about earlier, Luke. Uh, Microsoft has circled the wagons uh, and uh, they have surrounded the competition. Uh, and I say that because uh, of the consoles that are out currently, the X and the Series S, the price of the Series S potentially dropping down to $200. The fact that Game Pass uh, exists in its current format, which offers day-and-date games uh, from monster uh, first-party AAA releases. And now you bring into the conversation value. Already at $15 a month, Luke, the value proposition spotlight has been uh, shining very well onto Microsoft. Uh, We have an unbelievable uh, opinion from many that they are over 30 million subscribers. Uh, it was the one thing that uh, saw a growth at their last financial uh, quarterly report. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, they were at twenty five before. It's safe to assume that they're gonna they crossed over thirty. And again, that's just an assumption. And now, when you factor into this, uh, Luke, listen, I just got done with groceries before uh, before the show, mm-hmm. and the amount of groceries that I got uh, for the money I spent was half of what it was two years ago. Uh, I saw I spent set almost 70 bucks filling up uh, a Kia Sorento, which is a midsize uh, SUV, mm-hmm. and everything has gone up. And one of the things that is uh, on the chopping block for many families is entertainment mm-hmm. uh, and video games is not a must. Some people say I need games to live. Well, I, I hear you, but you really don't. Um, this this pricing at five dollars. Excuse me. At five dollars per person. Like, for instance, I'm going to uh, add my nephew. And I have a friend of mine that's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's had some tough times. So I'm going to add him. Uh, mm-hmm. So he doesn't have to worry about it. You just play games and enjoy yourself. Take your mind off of, of everything else. Uh, I, I don't have, I'm not going to have five people, but I'm going to uh, at least add two. When you consider what's in Game Pass and the price that we're talking about at $25 per month for up to four additional people, including yourself. We've never seen anything like this. This is, this is industry changing Luke. And this is what exactly I was talking about. This is why I say Microsoft has circled the wagons and surrounded the industry because they are making steps and strides that have never been done specifically in offering ridiculous value for their customers. It's just such a natural step for them, you know? Yeah. Like, it just makes so much sense to do that I'm, 
I'm hopeful this gets piloted faster. You know what yeah. I mean? That this comes through, that, that this pilot program is successful because we do have so many families that are pinching, but pinching pennies, their budgets are getting tighter. Their wallets yeah. are getting smaller. Um, if Xbox is able to do it in a way that still makes them money because they're a business and it does right by the consumer, by the customer, then why not? Absolutely. Do I want to see this? You know? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, let's get to some listener mail before we close out. This first question comes from Anubis Xbox gamer. He goes by over on Twitter. He says, when it comes to Xbox and Halo merch, I'm that meme from Fry saying, take my money. Is there anything for you? Doesn't have to be game related that you always say, I need that. Boom. Do you have any, like, no matter what it is, you're going to look at into buying it kind of things. You know, uh, like for instance, like regarding like Halo stuff, or or, or uh, just in merch. general. Let's just go with gaming merch in general. I mean, I, I I like t-shirts, gaming merch. I like statues for sure. Uh, I'm not I'm not like an Ames uh, from Season Gaming where he spends two thousand dollars on a statue. I have a couple that are expensive like that, but I <laughs> he buys a lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I I like collector's editions. I, I think that they've kind of fallen off a little bit. Um, I do like gaming merch, though. I, I mean, like, like if I see a statue of, let's say, for instance, a Leon S. Kennedy, because Resident Evil is my favorite franchise of all time, um, and it's and it's you know it's within the budget, I will definitely get that. Yeah, I, I love stuff like that. I, I think that you know when you look at someone's gaming room. Uh, it, it, it almost goes hand in hand with not only having a cool chair that you sit in to play your games, but it's your setup and it's everything around you that comes the way of merch in like statues or uh, posters. I love all of that. Agreed. I'm, I'm mostly a statue person now. Um, I, I no longer do activist or sorry, uh, action figures. I'll do some pop figures, but for me, it's about statues. Like I yeah. got the Gotham Knights collector's edition because I love Batman. I love DC. I wanted the statue. Uh, God of War. I wanted the hammer to go next to my God of War statue. You know what I mean? I'll, I like those kind of things. But the knickknacks and and whatnot. That's not really my jam anymore. Used to be, not anymore. I don't have the space for it. So. One last question, Boom. This one comes from you. You wrote it in as a topic that you wanted to get to, and it's a great one to shut down the show with, with the importance of the most finite detail that even accurate bird poop, and you hashtagged it, which is hilarious, uh, <laughs> is relevant in Hellblade 2's design. What are your expectations for the graphical realism will Ninja Theory deliver in the just one that many of the Xbox community are asking for? Boom. I think when you look at that detail, my friend, that is the thing that is missing from the Xbox slate is that third person action game that can compete yeah. on a level with Ghost of Tsushima, with Spider-Man, with God of War. And Hellblade 2, as it stands, is the one that's going to come closest to that. I don't really care about the level of detail down to bird poop, mind you. Like, that's an example. But I do need them to have a third person single player narrative driven game on the level. That's what I want. That's the reason I own a PlayStation is because I'm not getting that in other places. And so if Xbox is able to deliver, I think it's Hellblade 2 that is most likely to be that candidate. How about you, man? Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, the team behind it at Ninja Theory uh, is they have proven their worth time and time again with games uh, well before they were part of Xbox. They have always made... Uh, story-driven, third-person, narrative-based games that have reviewed very well, that have been spoken about very well. 
Uh, we saw, we, 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 we've seen numerous clips and cuts from Hellblade 2, uh, just coming off of Hellblade 1's un- incredible success has me incredibly excited. And they are uh, a team, uh, a small team, mind you, that is just littered and packed with talent. And I know that, again, you know, they put this out there with the bird poop and stuff. And I, you know, I, re- I retweeted it and everything. And I know that, you know, it's, it's silly in its, in its, uh, you know, in, in its space on its own. But the fact that they're taking the time to put that kind of detail into everything in this game, I think exactly what you just said, this is going to be a game that is compared to like a, a, a Horizon Forbidden West or a Last of Us or a God of War. And I think that this is one of many that are going to come the way of the Xbox brand. And I am all for it because I love these types of games and experiences. Yep, I fully agree. Fully agree. I hope to see ninja theory deliver on that promise hellblade one was really cool but it looks like the scope of hellblade 2 is just going to be insanity uh you got to remember they launched the the knowledge of the xbox series x with that incredible trailer uh and there's something special and you're right we are that i think it was lord cognito that once said that just one away from from that full like oh it has arrived this is xbox is is on that level um and I'm just excited for it, man. I'm just excited for it. So with that, boom, we're going to close out the show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Of course, you can rate uh, XEP over on Spotify and iTunes. I always appreciate that. That means the world that is helpful to a small show like mine, particularly in audio only. Mind you also, you can follow and subscribe over on the YouTube channels. Every time you guys share and retweet, that does such a number for me. I see the boost when it happens, uh, and I'm so grateful for it. Boom, especially to you. Uh, before you do share uh, where we can find you on socials and your content, I want to thank you for being such a staunch supporter. When you retweet this show, when you share it to your community, I see a boost, and I am grateful for it, my friend. Thank you. It is my absolute honor, Luke, uh, and it literally the least that I could do. Uh, you have been a... a an incredible part of the growth of the Xbox Factor podcast. You yourself have uh, uh, proven your, you know, proven that you are uh, an incredible part of the Xbox community and a voice that many people need to listen to and add to their weekly uh, podcast simply because you are not hate-driven, which we see a lot of people get, uh, you know, like they're like shooting stars. You know, it's really, really bright for a second and then they fade out. Uh, you don't produce any hate driven or clickbait content. And that is something to hang your hat on. Uh, it's always thought provoking. You have an incredible amount of, uh, guests that you line up, not only, you know, of the circles that we run in, but more so the industry that finds your content to be worthy of respect and to be a part of. Um, and, uh, I, 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 listen, anything I can do to help you gain subscribers and listens, li- uh, listeners, it literally is, uh, the least I can do. But as for me, folks, uh, if you enjoyed any of my commentary and you're not already subscribed, please check out double barrel gaming on YouTube. We are just under a hundred subs from 11 K, uh, which is uh, a big deal for a small show like mine. Uh, if you're interested and you want to reach out to me, my DMs are open. It's at Mr. Boomstick XL on Twitter. And uh, Luke, once again, thank you so much. It was awesome to catch up and great topics as always. 
Thank you.